crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I have good news. I have awesome news. You are listening to the Heroes of Noise yet again, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm only at one half of this awesome dynamic duo. On the other side is whom? Hi there. My name is Dan Ramirez. Pleased to meet y'all. How you doing today? That was a very cool. What, did I not bring it enough? Was it? Was, it, <laughs> <laughs> was the ratio off, man? I mean, like, I expected. Uh, oh, you know what, though? You just woke up, kind of. All right, hold on. Are you ready? <laughs> What's up, motherfuckers? Are you yes. ready for the next episode of the Heroes of Noise? Episode 61 in your face! That's what I'm yeah. talking about, baby! I love that! That's the sort of Danathan the Manathan we're looking for. Was that better? Yes! <laughs> I love glad. it. Is that how you do it on the other podcast? Are you like, yeah, gang, 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 What do you mean, when I go on other people's shows? Yes. No, man. You were um you were a guest on two podcasts this weekend. Dude, look, if you bring that do you bring your <laughs> your soundboard with you? No. Um, come on. I I did once and it didn't go so well. So I don't do it that I don't do it anymore. Oh, well, to be no, I didn't. I used a li- I used a little bit of this on ADO <sighs> Radio. I was on ADO yeah. Radio last week, guys, and uh check it out. It's a great show. I had a, a really good time. ADO as in A a Period is in D, attention yes, not ADO deficit. radio. It's yeah. a, it's attention deficit order, but they say yeah, ADO radio on it. So. That does really rhyme. Right. Well, that's what now you know why they say it. And then it was on the real Zodiac with Sean and Quentin last week too, but that's not out yet. So spoilers? Ooh, that is a spoiler. But still, Sean, Sean uh, and Queasy. Sheezy and Queasy? Sheezy and Queasy, Sean. Beasy. Um, I think here's the thing. I think you bring a different uh, a different energy when you go on shows, bro. Greater or less? A different. It's not less or greater. I'm just saying you are different on other shows. Like, I don't think I bring enough. I'm being honest. I know this isn't selling. Like, hey, I'm on the show and I don't bring enough energy. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Yeah. But I'm trying to find that, that happy medium of where I'm not talking too much. Mm-hmm. And, and giving, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to take over a show. And I wouldn't do so on certain shows. It's just sometimes I feel that way. So if I'm a little more quiet, that's exactly what's going on. Because I would never go on a show in a bad mood. I'll be honest with you. I'll fake sick. Really? <laughs> yeah, I would. If I was Will in a really, really bad mood. Um, no, probably not. I'm not that way. You know I'm a man of my word. Yeah, you will show up just to say, hey, I, I made a, 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 like a promise and I'm going to fulfill this promise. Yes. But that doesn't always equate to a great show. Now, that I'm not even talking about these last two shows or anything. I'm just saying, since you've asked if I bring a different energy, I think I do. I'm working on that. I want to be on more podcasts because I need to keep the same level of energy up. But it ain't like, yeah. you know, and with, with all due respect to every podcast out there that, will, that has had me on or will have me on, it's not like talking to my boy. I appreciate. And you know, it's, here's the sad part. I know that I won't be invited to too many podcasts. I think like Sean Veezy. Uh, my boy Queasy. You say that, uh, but I don't believe it. My folks over at the Blurs R Us, they're the yeah, they're probably the ones that are gonna <laughs> gonna be the two that are like we can deal with Steve in short bursts. 
The Blurds and Zodiac are probably the ones. For here, it's perfect. For Blurds, perfect. Zodiac, perfect. I don't know if I'd fit on many podcasts, though. We have a weird balance because it's like an energy thing. I'd say you're like 60, I'm 40. Yes. But then in other areas, it, it reverses. So it all kind of works out, I think. Well, we have a good mix. Here's your gift. Your gift is intricacies. Like if I did a preacher rundown, it yeah. would take 20 minutes. When Dan does a preacher rundown, it takes the whole hour and a half because we've gone three be hours saying, I'll be like, yes, I remember that because you're so good at like being able to be like, hey, did you know that this song was from this thing? I'm like, that's why Dan is so good at what he does. Like, I wouldn't even have thought of looking up the song. I literally wouldn't have thought about it. And you think about, oh, where's, where's that song from? And uh, there's very few things that it's just like, I'm diving all the way in. Dan dives all the way in. For me, it's just, I think I just come with the Tasmanian devil and leave. And they're like, I think something happened on this podcast. Don't know what it was, but something did. And you leave having taught someone something, I think. Not always. Most of the time, not. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I mean, thank you for the kind words. And I'm not knocking myself. I'm just saying, I don't think I live. My job is done. Yes, you do, though. Off. You You're welcome, do. gentlemen and ladies. <laughs> I remember you, dude. I remember when you first got invited uh, on to uh, Pop Culture Leftovers. Yeah. Dude, you were so nervous that week. Why you got out me, dude? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta bring up I mean, shit. it was like, because that was the show you listened to. That was the show you listened to. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And you were just super duper. And then you got on and killed it. I think that I'm at a point where if you got invited on the biggest podcast in the world, I wouldn't be nervous for you because I'm just like, you're going to kill. You're fine. You're fine. You, you know, know my problem is? This what? is the kind of stuff that most pe most podcasters say off of the air. But I'm nervous every time. I don't give a shit whose show it is. I'm nervous. Even ours. I get nervous before that mic goes on. You know this. And, I did um, not know that. Stop it. And then I didn't also, know you got nervous on our show. Yeah, I do. I threw up this morning. Oh, well, that's cool. I have that effect on. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. No, it's, it's that. And then if I listen to it, because when I listen to myself on another podcast, it's not like, oh, listen to me. It's more like I can't listen to it from a... Uh, like a subjective point of view. Like if I'm just a, a third party listening, I have to listen to it. Like, how did I do? Did I fuck up? Did I, you know what I mean? That kind uh, of stuff. That makes sense. So I'm constantly no, criticizing sense. myself, man. But I feel the, obviously for, for obvious reasons, I feel the most comfortable on this show, but I'm working on it. I want to be a better guest. Um, I, like I said, I think I, the reason I don't need to be a better guest is because the places that invite me know exactly who I am. Or no, it could just I, be that you're Steve. You have a, a high energy level, dude. And that's good. Yes, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, totally. I wish like I had I, your energy. Would it be too much oh, if dude. I had your energy? If we had, oh, dude. <laughs> it would be, dude. Dude. you know, like in uh, science fiction shows when the good guy and the bad guy are shooting at each other and then like the, the streams hit. And yes, that's, how that's what would happen. It would be that sort of thing. A big explosion. Um, and uh, it, it is funny because it's, it's a, like for me, I, I just know that if I listen to it, if I listen to a podcast and I know I don't fit on that podcast, I would say no. I would just say no. I would rather just do the the podcast that I like chilling with the people and talking to the folks. I would just rather do that than the pod like because of the podcast that um that would if, if a podcast asked me, hey, come on the show and I listen to the show and I wouldn't fit, I would just say no. Now I would. 
considering how good we are at Heroes of Noise. I feel confident just saying no. Wow. I know that I would fit on, like I said, again, Zodiac, Birds or Us, whoever. Steve, I can know you, that can I you I'm sorry, there. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but can you bring your mouth up to the microphone? Because I think the fact that you're blowing yourself is it's causing some muffling. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing, brother. <laughs> Gee, that was so well done that that needs to be clipped out. <laughs> that needs to be clipped out. Like, I thought you were literally like, oh, yeah, your mic. I was like, oh. And I started messing with the mic. And then you're just like, yeah. <laughs> Gee, that is so. Okay, that's right up there with knock knock. Now those two are next to each other. Knock, I know, but knock. I was only kidding, G. I know what you. I oh, know I what know. you no, meant no, no. by it. I just totally. Don't. But that's that's with the knock knock. Now that's <laughs> knock knock, and the knock knock is still the best thing that's ever happened on this show. Thanks, man. That is the best joke I've heard in the last <laughs> two years, maybe, because it was so shot. I thought you actually had a clever thing. <laughs> Like a, not clever about this joke. Heroes of dumb. Oh, that was so funny. Okay, <laughs> but be, since we have a lot to talk about, yes, we do, would you guys. Like to get into this wonderful thing we call contact information. Absolutely, Stephen. Hey, everybody, how you doing today? My name is Dan Ramirez. That's Steve Hudson over there. With here's a noise. We here to we here to rock your brain, make sex to your face, and stuff like that. Here we go. You want to get it? You want to get all the heroes of noise, Steve? I'm doing my best work today, man. I'm, I'm hoping you understand that. Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com, ladies and gentlemen. That's where you find us at Heroes of Noise. Now we're talking Twitter. Hit us up there at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public. You got my boy Steven over there, Steven Eugene Hudson at S E underscore Hudson Music. And then everything else, just go to www.heroesofnoise.com, ladies and gentlemen. It's there. You're going to have a good time. It'll be a hoot. I promise. We have a lot to talk about today, so I'm going to go ahead and just chill. I'm going to bring down the volume a little bit and just tell you, y'all ain't ready for what we got today. My pants are hot. My nipples are hard. Here we go. Steve, take it. Ladies and gentlemen, the funny thing about this week is I made a promise to people that I really dig. I'm looking at you, Rebecca. Something is going down next year, Dan. It's happening. It's happening. Is it? You know, listen, listen. I am telling you on the podcast. Is this a major announcement you're about to do? Yes. You sure? Because it's a bold statement. There's a lot of work involved. Wait, Dan. How about you just go with... um... Nope. I'm going all the way. Are you? Okay. I'm going to go ahead and put the caveat in and and say... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what we're about to say is just, it's going to be me doing my best. That's all I'm getting at. But before we give the announcement, let's build it up a little bit, all right? All right. The Heroes of Noise are going to be at C2E2 next year in Chicago. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. We accept free airfare. <laughs> Hotel, accommodations. I mean, dude, there's nothing, no reason. I mean, my son's going to be in college. I'm not going to be doing anything. You have zero excuse. I have zero excuse. I could just go. I could just go. You could go right now. 
Uh, yeah, to the convention center and be like, this is where it was. Get in line, man. The lines are long, I hear. Uh, for real? Oh, dude, yeah. Well, yeah, we need... You, that's right. You've never been to a con. I've never been to a con. Oh, my God. I want to go to Wakanda. Never been to Wakanda. <laughs> you know, I really wish I could have taken you to WonderCon this year. And then dude. you can at least sort of pop your cherry, if you will. Well, is that a good starter point? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And who did you see there again? Like a star? Oh, who didn't I see there, baby? I saw, no, um, let's see. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, whoa. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? Like, as far as like, who, did you like run who was in, featured into, or what No, what like, did you run there? into people? Yeah, I ran like, into... Oh, I know you. I didn't get to talk to him because I think I t- I've told these stories already, but I didn't get to talk to Jay Baruchel because he had a handler who wouldn't let me onto the same elevator as him. No, you did not tell the Jay Baruchel. You did not say that you got pushed off the elevator. I didn't get pushed off the elevator. I got halted <laughs> at the elevator. Okay, okay. Now this, is Jay Baruchel halted off elevator famous? No. And I was about to say, I okay, think it was more it. of an anxiety thing. Really? Yeah. People have anxiety in crowds. I don't know his life. You know, some people get anxious and they, they don't like people coming up to them and stuff like that. And to be quite honest, the dude was like looking down. Like, you know what he looks like, right? Yes. So picture him stand, literally standing in the corner of an elevator. Left hand, I believe it was the left hand too, scratching the back of his head and like looking down, like that kind of an anxious type of a thing. And the handler pushed you off. Biggest black dude I've ever seen, man. Oh. I just, I walked up and I went and I like ran into this like this wall of pants and I looked up and he was like, "You gotta get the next elevator, son." Are you kidding me? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just backed he up said, three you steps. You gotta get the next elevator, son. And it wasn't like son, no, like junior. It was like, you know, like, what's up, son? No, bro. No. Nuh-uh. No. What would you say? No, no, no. This is a free country. Um, I have okay. as much right to be in this elevator as the next guy. Well, it depends. Being, it's weird because since he was a brother, I'd be like, bruh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you wouldn't talk that way. <laughs> I don't know why. I Here's the thing. He's not. Are you going to beat me up at WonderCon, G? That's what God you're not going to damn right I'm going to beat you up at WonderCon. He was huge, like, Steve. He was tall. That's why I'm going I for I know, him. but I'm, I have to think that he's not going to beat me up at WonderCon. It's a bad look. Nah, he wouldn't beat you up at WonderCon. Exactly. He would just like not let you on, go up, and then you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you guys see that? <laughs> That's what would happen. Or he might just be like, gee, like I get on and I'm the douche. He's just like, gee, he wanted to be a What was that all about? I'd be like, I don't know. I just wanted to make a point. You're like, I was asking you not to get on. I don't understand. Like, I could end up looking bad at the end of that and walking off the elevator like, wow, I, that was kind of a, a douche move on my part. If you make a big enough scene or they get off and they'll be like, you know what? Fine. Get on your elevator alone. We're going to take the next one. Then. I deserve to be <laughs> on this elevator. People will be like, this is WonderCon. And here's the thing. I didn't know he was bodyguard famous. Or maybe it was a WonderCon bodyguard, and he was actually being like, I need one of your guys to escort me up to the, I'm feeling weird. I'm pretty sure the celebrities have handlers. I've seen that happen more than once. I saw it with Kevin Smith. I saw it with, um, do you know who Sarah Underwood is? I know the name. She's a model. She used to be on Attack of the Show. Um, she's always showing her stuff on the twits. Not Hello. The, yeah, on the twits. She twits a lot of her tits. And then who else? Why is she at WonderCon? Baruchel. Actually, it wasn't at WonderCon. It was at, uh, uh, what was it called? I want to say it was Wizard Con in Sacramento. It's whatever the whatever the con is that Wizard does. Why does she? Why was she there? 
She was on G4. It was a while ago. Oh, G4. That makes... To- every- Attack Dude, of the Show, to be more specific. Okay, now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. Yeah. And so, Kevin Smith has a handler? I don't he know if they're like officially he- handlers, but he had people walking with them. Uh, Shatner had one. Pretty Shatner much anyone that's going back and forth to do autographs, they all have them. It just makes sense. It keeps... You know what it is? I don't think it's even so much of a, of a bodyguard thing. It is. But it's like... I'm just trying to clear a path to let this guy walk through. Because think about it. If you're super famous and you're walking through a huge crowd, you're going to get stopped every few seconds. And the fu- the thing is, I think, like, Kevin Smith is a different famous at cons. He's a different famous there. Like, because he almost, like, he's built for that thing. Right. He's your buddy. Yes. He's that, a different level of famous. And there. that he emphasizes my off. point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just can't. That's real. You can't do it. Whereas, like, I would say the people that are normally famous outside a con probably could walk through a con easier than Kevin Smith. Because Kevin Smith is con famous. Very strange, too. How do you think we he would has, do just walking around in the con? Um, for, at, first, it, at first, it would be weird because uh, people would look, Are that, is that them? Could it until be? I, yeah. Is it possibly them? There's no way. Am I dreaming? Until I was just like, when someone was like, Steve, is that you? And I'm like, hey, good morning, good evening. It's over. Oh my God! You actually have a catchphrase, man. I don't have a catchphrase. Sure you do. <laughs> Start the show off any not. other way. That is not if true. you started the next show and you were just like, "Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Steve." I'm gonna try it. We would I'm get an email. Where's the good morning, good evening, and good afternoon? No, it doesn't I even go I, in order. That's why it's it, awesome that you do it that way. I think I could be like, "What's up, ladies and gentlemen?" and just get into the show. Let's try I think that. So. Let's try it again. Okay, here we go. Now you have two. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to yet another awesome episode. That's good. Yeah, it's got a nice feel to it. You like that? No, I like the other one better. Okay, all right, all right. Well, okay, wait. (laughs) You can change it. No, change it up. I'm just saying. No, because I've never heard you start. I've never heard you start. Ready? Here we go. Go ahead. You want me to start the show? Yeah, I've never heard you start the show. (gasps) We should have a Dan start the show day. But I haven't got any kind of catchphrase or anything really. You don't need a catchphrase. You just start the show. Whenever I do a show, it's always the the end of, you know, our, our ending song, our outro. Uh-huh. And then I just go into, hey, what's going on? This is Dan kind of thing. So how would you start the show if the music was going? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to be on the spot. <laughs> you got me on the spot, G. I don't know. I think you would just be like, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? I think you would just do a normal what's going on. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Something like that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Oh, uh, please do. Please do. Now. <laughs> no, I don't even want to start that. Because you know what? Don't fix it if it ain't broken. Um. Look, I do want to see what you would. I, I, I honestly want to see what you would uh, What you would say. Because now I'm curious. And I'm sure the listeners are curious, too. I'm How sure they're Dan just the dying show? to know. I am. I am very dying to know. Because I think you would bring a really cool energy in the beginning. Like if we play a little Sade, you'd be able to just start the show like no problem. Hey, you listening to Heroes of Noise? Yeah. The lovely stylings of Sade. Gee, that's the voice people are listening for. That's the voice people are listening That'll get us a flight to C2E2. Hey, good morning and welcome to you. This is Dan Ramirez. I got a funny thing. I woke up this morning with a hard nipple, only on the left side. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Let's figure it out today on Heroes of Noise. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> that would be a great show, dog. <laughs> That would be a freaking great show. But Dan, let me tell you something you did for me. What'd I do? You put in my mind to start branching out. And a few things happened for me. 
One. You're a swinger now. Close. One, I discovered a drink that is very underrated. Okay. Rum and Coke. So oh, thank yeah. you. I wouldn't have gone to that. I wouldn't have gone to that that get together had I had I um not listened to Dan. I wanted I was gonna automatically say, oh, I don't know, but I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go. I just want to say this really quickly because I know you're about to tell the story, but I want to say you have tried to tell me this story twice now. And for some reason, just like I did right now, I keep cutting you off. But this time I'm going to let you finish because I want to know because you've been raving about the rum and coke now for a couple days. Oh, this is going to go somewhere else. There's not really a story there. I just like rum and coke. I think we people, more people need to drink them. There it is. It's a Steve Hudson moment. Yes. I think that more people, they don't, they don't talk about it enough. What kind of rum are you drinking? Spiced. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, what is it, Captain? Oh Morgan, wait, is there or? other sort of? Oh wait a minute, now that brings up, is there no? <laughs> is okay, is there rum and spice rum? I think there's different types of rums. I'm not a big rum guy. I don't drink liquor. What? Regularly, like it, it's a very special occasion or total peer pressure if I'm drinking liquor. I'm a beer guy. Only IPAs. No. See, I got I got to find ginger beer that's alcoholic. You know what? I think I found one. I forgot Did to tell you? you. Yeah, I think so. Don't. I'll find out for you, and then I'm gonna just buy it for you. Gee, I might. You think it might be at like Bevmo? Because I heard their wine and spirits is better. Yeah, if you go to Bevmo or there's another place like in the same parking lot, I believe, or like right down the way. Sorry, guys, we're getting called local wine again. and spirits, right? Yeah. Okay, wine and spirits. Yeah, that's what it's called. Now I heard that place is better than Bevmo. It's fancier. Ooh, I like fancy. G. Bevmo has like, like your standard aisles. If that makes yes. any sense, they're just, they're just aisles, like grocery that. store. But when you walk into Wine and Spirits, it's like, welcome to Wine and Spirits. Does the guy have a wizard hat on? Why does he got to have a wizard hat on, man? I don't know, G. That's what I imagine when I think of Wine and Spirits. Who calls it a spirit? You're an alcoholic, Harry. <laughs> I don't call it. Have you ever said, hey, I'd like a, one of your spirits? Hi there. Uh, which side are the spirits on? That's oh, the wine. Dear. I was at the wine... And I went over there and I saw the beer, but where are the spirits? Preferably think... holy. Preferably holy. <laughs> go back to the wine. <laughs> I do need, we do need to go on a wine tasting one day, though. You and I and Gail. I'll go with you, but I think it's such a pretentious bullshit thing to do. But ever since Sideways, I have to go. I don't give a shit if it's a wine tasting or like yeah. they have like... um. Now they have like cannabis events and things like that, mm -hmm. or they have uh, anything like that. Yes. It's fine. Go have fun. Even a beer. They have beer fests all the time. But there's always those guys. Mostly guys. Sometimes it's women. They're just too into it. Let's see. Let me explain this to you here. So this is a, yes, please. Uh, this is a 1993 Zinfandel that mm -hmm. uh, the actual uh, vine was brought from the... <laughs> Italian vineyards of <laughs> Napoli. I don't know. You know what I'm saying, right? And then, yeah. So, so what I want you to do now, and you're like, yeah, you're like, look, look, look. And you're like, no, 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 no. You're doing it all wrong. So, go ahead, uh, Lance, because there's always a Lance. Lance, pour him there another little bit there. He just pours a little in there, and you go, okay. Now, Steve, slow it down, please. Now, just go ahead and <laughs> take it in. <laughs> oh my god. Mmm. And they're like, oh yeah. Now, do you taste the tannins? Yes. Yes. Those are all, this is why we need to aerate the wine. So go ahead and put in this decanter here and let it, Lance, go ahead and just let it sit for a half an hour. We just wanted to show him. We'll come back to that in a half an hour, Stafouche. But before, now, Stifush. what do you, what do you taste in the wine? Uh, I taste a little bit of, 
You're doing it wrong. Uh, you're, you're doing sunflower. it wrong. You're, not, you're oh. not having a savory sandwich. You're trying to. You're <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ready? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There you go. A little sunflower. Sunflower. Well, no, I mean, you never. Hey, look. What if sunflower had leaned against the wine branch? Easy post Malone. And it influenced the actual growing of said wine. Okay. Wine. We'll go with it. What else Thank do you, you taste? I taste. Go ahead. You go first. What do you taste? No, no, please, please. Mm, let me see. Let me do it again. Definitely an Italian leather sofa. And oh, for sure. Yeah. And hold on. Is that bare feet? There it is. There it is. But see, I never, hey. I'm never good at that because they start doing like, you know, taste it. And I'm Dan. So I'm going to be like, hey, Gail, watch this. Oh, no. Oh, jeez, Louise. <laughs> I did a bong hit, Gail. And then I get kicked oh, out. Oh, Dan. You would, so you would embarrass me out of the wine tasting. You know, and they're they're doing this whole sippy thing. And before they, they go, well, have a sip. I'm like, it's already gone. What are you talking about? Gee, but you're, okay. But it must be some <laughs> so I have sort these red of real. Eyes. I've been doing that the whole time. some sort of real. Because no, there's, there's definitely to... science to it. <laughs> so we should try to learn the science. Okay. As long as we don't become douche canoes. No, and also we can also go to. Um, I have the. Oh, I didn't tell you. Um, I talk too much, obviously. So, um, I meet someone at Starbucks, and every time I go there, we talk. And it turns out her her significant other, uh, is a, an ambassador to Jack Daniel's whiskey. So uh -oh. he goes to like the he goes to the actual plant, and like they'll dip in that big, you know, the thing to let him taste the new varietals or whatever in the barrels. Like, yeah, she's like, do you ever want to, um, if you ever want to go on a whiskey tasting, just let me know. So maybe we should go on a whiskey tasting. I'll go on a whiskey tasting with you, only because I'm trying to get my my whiskey tongue back. Gee, that stuff sucks. It does. It <laughs> is really bad. I don't like whiskey. I don't like whiskeys. I don't like any of them. I even bought, I even bought, uh, I told you I bought like a $115 bottle. Why? Because I was going to really get it. Because I thought you were going to, like you were getting, you, you're supposed to get into it. And be like, I have an aged bottle. But what year? it sucks. Um, I have it up in my, but it's still in the, oh uh, no, I drank one thing of it and put it back in the box. <laughs> <I'm never laughs> yeah, it yeah. was disgusting. Some it's people a, love it. I just don't like the taste of it. I think it's an acquired thing, right? Or maybe it's the smell. I think it's the smell that gets me. But that's because of hangover stuff from the past. It was, yeah, it was, a um because it was a, 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 what was it, like a Scottish whiskey, single malt. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get the most expensive one that I could find in front of me. And I got that. And, you know, whenever you see movies, they're like, uh, give me a single malt straight. And so I was like, let me try this. And I was like, oh, that's dirt. It's <laughs> ridiculously terrible. Tastes like ass and feet. And, but the thing is, like, Favon's boy, uh, well, uh, I don't know what they are. Um, I'm sorry, Favon, but the, that guy, <laughs> his that words, Favon, not mine. Yeah. He, the dude that he, she chills with, he was like, <laughs> I can teach, I can teach them how to drink wine. So if we're ever, um, in the Redondo beach, he has a nice, uh, B-side hacienda. And he's like, yo, I could just teach them how to do the whole whiskey thing too. All right. Well, now I got to say, hey, Favon, let me just holler at you for a second. I am sorry <laughs> that I said that people like that are pretentious. Not all of them are. I'm just saying there's a lot of people there that are. Depending oh, no, on the time of day you go, you no, might be no, here's not seeing any of these you're... people. Steve, please, I'm backpedaling. Oh, I just wanted to let you know that your suitor, maybe that's the right way to say it. I don't know exactly. Yeah. 
your quote unquote person you chill with, as Steve mm-hmm. puts it so eloquently. I have no problem with him whatsoever. I look forward to meeting him someday. Here's the problem. I think I think Favon's turning pretentious too. She she goes to float labs like all the time. I think that's a pretentious thing, right? I think that's kind of cool. I want to try it. I really do. So I can't knock something I've never tried. No, I think she's turning into one of those, uh, oh, like a 45 Chablis. I think she's turning into that person. <laughs> no. I think so. I think. <laughs> Bringing her oh, around her. I'm going to know exactly when she hears this because I'm going to get a text at three in the morning. For sure. Steve's like, has Favon like, like, I heard your little. Oh, hello. Come <laughs> on. Folks in Fresno, California called me Favon. <laughs> I'd like to sit down with you and enjoy a nice glass of Chablis. <laughs> so I get it. I hit up um, Johnny Bucks and I was like, hey, how, how about our wonderful? I think you were in the chat. I was yes, like, I know where you're how going. about our wonderful? Uh, uh, how do you like? Because I was I forgot what brought it, but I was like, oh, so you don't like our English accents. He's like, oh, I love it. And he just put come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Go. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that the only thing I say? Quite. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know where I got come on from. We both say it, so we both know that it's a thing. And it totally is a thing. I, I was actually watching a Facebook video not too long ago, and there <laughs> yeah. was this big old black dude and he's somewhere in London, and he was challenging someone to a fight. And he was like, come on, Andy. He was saying it just like you said. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't quite gotten it how you say it. But he was saying Here's, it just like that. I'm like, oh, well, well, there it is. It's true. I need to get the, once I get in it, I'm in. Yeah, I haven't figured it out yet either. I haven't figured it out in it. Now, I hear the blurred say it, but they also say, yeah. And I don't know how to say, yeah, right yet either. When they say it on their podcast, I'm like, I'm learning. The blurds are teaching me. I'm learning the whole groove. Yeah is almost a period. Is it like, uh, let me see. Or a know. question mark. So I was going to the market. Yeah. It's like a rhetorical question. Yes. Yeah. There you or, go. That's like, what it am is. I lying? No, you're not lying. I agree. Continue the story. Right. Movie starts off at a very fast pace. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. But like, so I was in my bed. Yeah. Be- exactly. Yeah. It's there like you go. a comma. It's a comma. Yeah. It can't be a period. No. Like if I'm just like, so um, I got to go, uh, I got, no, I was like, I got to really got hurry up and get to Dan's house so I can do this podcast. Yeah. That didn't sound right. Yeah. So it has to be like, so I got to get over to Dan's house. Yeah. And do the podcast. Yeah. I think that might work, but I think yeah. it's like in storytelling mode. It is the comma in a sentence. It is. Blurds are going to have to school us. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get, I know right now, every time I say it, but I got to get in it is important to me. It is. In it is important to me. And then it's funny because I used to say governor a lot. And my son knew a per, uh, one of his friends was from England. And my, my son was like, oh, no, he always calls us governor. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. For real, that's he calls a thing. Us governor. It's a total thing. I have thing. never in my life sure heard of, had a British person call me governor. It, not only was he British, he was a kid, like 15 years old. Is that cockney? Like, is that? I don't think it's cockney. I, thought I don't know. It was just a I'm thing. asking. I don't know. Come on, governor. I only hear it in like comedic instances. Hello, governor. Think, come on, governor. I think it's just like it's homie. a jolly holiday with Mary. Hello, governor. You know that kind of thing. Was he cockney? He was pretty cockney. I think. I don't know. I'm probably gonna get. It. <laughs> oh, dude. It's not gotta... fucking cockney, mate. Oh, I'm taking a piss right now. 
What, you know, it's funny. What is the, because I got to find out, uh, I'm going to talk to Blurds and be like, hey, what is the black accent that London folks have? Like, where is that from? Because Blurds got it and uh, Boyega got it. And I'm like, that's the coolest accent on the face of the planet. Ace has got it real strong. He's got a good, strong accent. Like, I could listen to them talk all freaking day. Like, I could listen to their podcast and afterwards be like, so what they talk about? I'm like, I don't know. But boy, was I engaged. Maybe we can get the blurs to read us, not necessarily read them to us, but like they'll record them. Uh, bedtime stories. We gotta get them on, G! Once upon a time, there was this evil queen, yeah? You know what? Here's what I would do. I would want the blurs to come on and read Jay-Z lyrics. So they'd be like, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. H to the O-V. I used to move slow face by the O-Z. I would pay money. (laughs) Yes, this is the best thing ever. I think we need to start a GoFundMe for that one. They'll do it. They'll do it for cheap. I know they would, but you know, we might as well make it worth their while. I don't. But see, I don't know, man. I don't want them just quoting. I don't know how into hip hop they are. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check them. I don't know. They can't just be quoting Jay Z lyrics and be in heresy. You gotta know Jay and Pac and Big. I gotta, I gotta holler at them though. Anyway, um, uh, I was saying that there's something you had me do getting out of the house. Um, what happened was I found out that my, my son and his, uh, oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, they, they found a sneak preview to Shazam. Yes, sir. The old Steve would have said, you already know, Dan, when I found out it was on a weekend, what would the old Steve say? No, I'm good. <laughs> I wouldn't have even told you, dude. I would have been like, no, no, I'm not. Cause in my brain, it's like, it's not coming out. They wouldn't be able to. People aren't going to see it for two weeks anyway. I'm not going to even. So I just said, no, I'm going to go ahead and let me just get on Fandango and see if they're available. And then I hit you up and said, hey, FYI, there's a sneak preview. And it turns out like a lot of people didn't know about this sneak preview. Yeah. Quest, though. And thank you for it inviting me, by the way. For sure, dude. And I was like, yeah, we should go. And so I wasn't excited for this movie at all because I don't know a lot about Zachary Levi. Me neither. I- I, I wasn't a big Zach Levi f- and DC dog. We just got through this. Like recently. Aquaman was not long ago. Still scarred from Aquaman. It's still scarred. And so we see a movie. People, we got to see a sneak preview of Shazam with a with a um exclamation point at the end. Shazam! And I was like, okay, this is either going to be Middle of the road. I knew it wasn't going to suck, but it was going to be middle of the road or good. And Dan, what did you think of Shazam? Well, I'll tell you this. You know how like when you go to sneak previews, there's usually no trailers. Oh, dude. (laughs) In this one, we had trailers, but folks, it didn't go off without a hitch. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Thank you. I worked for that right now. I know. I know. I'll pat myself on the back on that one. Dan, Dan, no, but here's the thing. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit with that. That was your, that's twice this episode. You've said some pretty dynamic stuff, dude. Danny's on fire. That, I mean, it went off. You said no trailers, but it went off or there were trailers, but it went off without a hit. That is so good. Like that's like Mulaney level. Good. Go on. I'm listening. (laughs) 
I've got all day. I, I wouldn't. No, honestly, it took me like a second. I was thinking to myself right there. I'm like, that was, I know it was terrible, but I'm like, okay, he either didn't get that or he's just going to slam me no, right now. I was like, oh my gosh, that is really clever. Now, mind you, in my brain, you just invented that. I don't know if people are in your cards right now being like, oh, we've heard that. Well, then fine. I've never heard that put together. I'm like, hey, fuck That's you. I'm no plagiarist. <laughs> But yeah, I remember you looked at me. You said, really? We get trailers? Yeah. Oh, I have a story to tell. I have a story oh, to tell. Oh, yeah, please go. It's not as good, though, because I can't say the words, Steve. But you got me good when you walked in. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's what happened. You, because, oh, I remember. Yeah. So, so Dan. This is great, you guys. Um. Okay, so Dan, I walk in and I go to one side and I look where Dan is and I'm like, Oh, no, because I would have had to cross about 20 people. So I go to the other side and I cross like one person, then uh, uh, Dan, his wife and his daughter. And I sit down and Dan says, just in the nick of time. And I was like, yep, just in nigga time. And Dan was like, wait, what? I was like, no, yeah, just in nigga time. But and the way like, you said it, the way you said it was almost like you were like, what did you just say? <laughs> That's no, what yes. And, and Dan was like. That's not what I said. And I was like, Dan, I'm joking. And he laughed. But I was like, I wonder if anybody's ever heard. Because it was like, just in the nick of time. I was like, oh, that's totally close. <laughs> I was like, no, no, wait, that's not what I meant. No, no, I said nick of time. I was like, I know, Dan. Hey, man. And that was so funny. And Society got me tripping right now. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. And the thing is, we couldn't laugh the way we wanted to. Because oh. as soon as we started laughing. The lights went out. Lights went out, and speaking of lights going out, oh man! Okay, come but on. We're, no, we'll get we'll get to we will get to that because that was so wow. funny though. I, I wish, and I'm not knocking the way you told it, but it was there's actually a funnier version in there somewhere of how that actually. Oh, for sure, out. for but sure. God, I, that was funny. Was Gail so and I funny. were laughing about that the whole way home. That is so, and and when it when uh when the show started, I was already that kind of primed me. Because immediately, <laughs> within two seconds, we're laughing. And I'm like, oh, I'm happy now. Now, one of these trailers, dude, we've talked about it before. Dude, this Godzilla movie, Dan. It's going Dan. to blow doors. Dan. This movie. <laughs> I Listen. I don't even Woo! fuck around. I don't even fuck around with IMAX that much. On occasion, I do. Steve, dude. I think we need to make a pilgrimage to, no a, to San Francisco, if that's the closest no. one. Yes. Metreon and check us out some Godzilla. I don't give a damn how the script is. Dude, this movie, dude, dude is going to blow fucking doors. It and looks they, so awesome. It looks, here's the thing I want to know who made the trailer because that trailer is dope. Yes. That trailer is everything. But here's my thing here's a problem, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. I told Dan this, I think. Or maybe I was talking to myself. Anyway, um, if I have four heads, guess who I'm not getting beat by? Godzilla. Not a freaking chance. You should not have four long snake heads and let Godzilla beat you. Is it four or three? I know I'm being nitpicky. If I have more than one, Just if I you win. have multiple heads. No question. You should be king of monsters. If I fly... Who cares about a dad going Godzilla? So if one of these things don't beat Godzilla, I'm going to say he's supernatural, which he already is, but still. 
If you got four heads and you're this beast, or three heads and you're this beast of a, a thing, uh, Godzilla shouldn't really stand a chance. He breathes fire. If King that's his superpower. Ghidorah. What's that? It's King Ghidorah. I believe that's how, how they you, say it. Did you know that? Yeah. Or did you look it up? No, no, no. That's that's his name. Oh, my God. I don't know all of the Godzilla monsters, but I know like Mothra, King Ghidorah. Um, I'm sure I can think of some other ones right now, but now Mothra that I've started talking about it, Mothra's, eh, they're all kind That's of, a bad name. But King Ghidorah's dope. And the way that they make this dude look, that dude. one scene, it's dude. probably three seconds long, is the best shit I've seen all year. Bruh, there is a, like, <laughs> the fact that it looks like Godzilla goes to war with this thing and the army is behind him. That's pretty dope. Even though I don't want this to be like a hoorah army, please join the army movie. Yeah. But I'm saying it's a pretty uh, interesting visual seeing, hey, this this thing is trying to save our planet. And the only way he saves our planet is if he thinks he's the king of the planet. If he needs to think he's king, fine. Hey, fine, whatever. Just kill these other things off. I don't know, man. What if they do a shock and and like kill Godzilla? Uh, they're wanting to make money. Never mind. Okay. That ain't gonna happen. Sorry, I just want to put a little god. True. I wanted to put the 1954 Godzilla theme in the background. When we talk about this bitch. And then, uh, what's? Oh my god, what's his you name? Need to play Simon Says. Uh, Ken. What the hell is his name? That's in the movie. I'm doing Wat terrible Na- because I wasn't ready Wait. to talk. Watanabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ken Watanabe. Yeah. And they tell him, "Oh, so he's just gonna be our pet?" And he's like, "No." We will be his. <laughs> that was. Du- and the thing, here's what I love. The gr- Are we to assume that this girl, the um, uh, homegirl from Stranger Things, like is has a connection with him? I, I don't know. I'm sure she's going to be like some head military guy's daughter who's estranged from him. That's what it's going to be. I'm not saying that the movie's not going to have its flaws, but I think that's how it's going to go. One of those, I, do, I, I yes, miss my dad. I'm, I'm at odds with my father because he's in the military all the time. And then she's going to somehow get involved in this and somehow befriend Godzilla, maybe? I'm not entirely sure about that part because really we're very small compared to Godzilla, King of Monsters. Now, do you think that that whole her walking up to him on the street is at the end or in the beginning? Like, because I didn't see that last Godzilla. I don't know. I really don't know where it falls. I'm going to have to watch it again. Dude. Oh, you saw the Godzilla before? Yeah, of course. I didn't watch that. I heard that they said don't watch it because there's no fighting. It was underwhelming. But when shit went down, dude, I, come on, man. It's Godzilla. I've loved Godzilla my entire life. I'm not a Godzilla freak or I know everything about Godzilla. But anytime I see him, I'm like, look at him. Just look how dope. Gee, I always have thought Godzilla was corny because it used to come on around the monkeys. And I used to be like, <laughs> dude, this looks ridiculous. And that's after watching the monkeys. But Godzilla, just as Godzilla himself, the the concept of Godzilla, I should say. Come on, dude. Well, see, I think they slept on the job because, in my opinion, Godzilla is a is a movie that should have a hip hop soundtrack. I think it would make the movie totally different, and I think it's ready for it. Totally, like if you got the RZA, being like, "Hey, make the soundtrack to Godzilla." I think it's a game changer, dog. Oh. Oh, I think it's a freaking game changer. And I'll be like, I'm not even into RZA like that, but this was a perfect placement of this. Perfect. When they go to fight and a RZA beat comes, you'll be like, oh yeah, let's go. Let's go. 
or like Kendrick's rap. Gee, you broke my stride with that, dude. No, seriously, like I, you had me like looking off and thinking for a second while you were Gee, talking. How dope realizing. would that no, be? No, RZA doing a Godzilla soundtrack. Come on, dude. Where's why is this not already a thing, dude? I mean, you know what? If all we know, maybe I, I have a feeling RZA probably caught up with like some Quentin. Tar- oh no, Quentin's. He's got his own thing going on right now. Oh, what's he doing? He's doing the uh, oh god, uh, Angel of Dust with Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith. Oh, that's right. Uh, the friends of the show. Summer of '84 co-writers. That's gonna be good. I think it's. It, I mean, Matt, they're really good, dude. That's gonna be really solid. So yeah, then stick with that. But I am excited about Godzilla. I think it's gonna be a great movie. Um, but anyway, back to Shazam. What did you think, G? What would you give it? When you walked in, did you say, I'm excited? Or were you just like, eh, let's see what it brings? I went into Shazam with lowered expectations. I don't really expect anything from DC movies now. And it obviously had a different feel and a different look, a different aesthetic. So I didn't really know what to expect. But I'm just going to come out and say it. I think that it is in the top... Where your balls, Dan? Say it. Say it. Way, this is me in my head right now. I'm like, what? Should I say it? I feel it, but should I say it? Yeah. And I'm going to say Think it. Think about this. All right. Now, when I say DC movies, I am refer. Uh-huh. I'm not going all the way back to Batman, the original Batman, and all that stuff. I'm talking for the about last ten years. Out of this round of DC movies that have been coming out lately, from Man of Steel forward, I think it's in the top three, top two, maybe. What, what, okay, wait, what is in, okay, what do you think has it, like, who is it rivaling? Uh, I think as boring as Henry Cavill is as Superman, I really liked Man of Steel. You're one of the few, you're like the second person I heard say that this week. That I liked Man of Steel. Have you seen it? No. They said, you should watch that. I'm like, eh, That's wild that you haven't. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit slow. And like I said, I feel like Henry Cavill is a piece of chalk. He's just, dude. He's a he's a great looking guy. He looks like Superman. He's he dressed does. like Superman. He's just there was just I don't know, man. I don't really blame him for it. I think they wrote him like a piece of chalk, just sitting there. So that said, I still like Superman very much, and uh, Man of Steel's up there for me. And then of course Wonder Woman. That's totally fair. Because we're about to say why we had some experiences that were like my groove got thrown off. Now, would you put this? Which one did you like better? Uh, the Dark Knight, say uh, with with Joker. Are we talking Nolan now? Yes. So we were counting those. Yes. No, we're not. We weren't. But now I'm. I'm saying which one did you like better? The this movie or Heath Ledger Joker or Batman or Dark Knight? Well, I will tell you that I really like Heath Ledger's Joker, but. The Batman movies were just all right. Thank you. I, same with me. Everyone was like their masterpiece. I'm like, I, I get it. I understand why people say that. Totally. But it's just, I would be lying to myself. There are some times where I almost feel like I need to be in the conversation so much because of some everyone's talking about it that I'll almost fake it a little bit. Not yes. fake it. I but understand. I will fake myself out into yes. thinking that it's better than it is. That's yes. a better way of putting it. Uh, so I was like that with those ones, but I, the watchability, the rewatchability is not there for me. Same with me, dude. So it, they're not fun movies. They're almost too dark. I get it. I like seeing an edgy, darker, grittier Batman. I thought some of the shit was fantastic. 
Some of those scenes are masterful. But magic, dude. Yes. But the whole trilogy, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I would. That, that's where I'm at. I'm you're doing getting Maggie the, Gyllenhaal as the love interest and shit. Come on. I'm I'm going to go over the top, dude. Do it, Stallone. This is the best DC movie since Michael Keaton's Batman. I'm going over the top, dude. I believe this is the best DC movie since, uh, since that. I, I had to pause for a second because I'm not disagreeing with you, but I don't feel I'm able to disagree just yet. I have to watch it one more time. For sure. But the thing and is, then, I haven't seen Because Man I put it in the top three. It might be top two. If I watched it again without interruptions, it might be there, dude. I told you. What did I say to you right when the movie started? Oh, you said, said, no, you said, I have a feeling that this is going to be in the new, uh, in the new Lex things of Marvel. It's going to be the best. I said, calling it now. Yes, yeah. this is going to be the best one. Sure did. So I'm being very conservative with my rating because I want to see it again. I, I just got thrown off. It, it jacked me up a little bit, but not enough to where like I just hated it or I couldn't understand it because it's so fun. It <laughs> is so. It's so goddamn fun. It's a great. This is what. This is what DC is. Yes. Like for me, this is what they have that they haven't been using. Like, and there is a, I don't want to ruin it. So there is an actual scene that happens between a bad guy and a good guy in every movie, but they attack it in a way that you're like, oh, you, that would make it impossible for this to happen. Cause you're just like, I'll give you a clue. What are you saying? When that happens, I said, oh yeah, that makes total sense. You wouldn't be able to really hear what that person's saying. <laughs> I said every superhero movie has this part too. Yes, and that it was funny too because so you wouldn't, ex- you didn't expect that to be what his reply was. Going not to even be. close. And, and when they, and not only was it what he said to answer him, but the without getting away, you know, I don't want to give away. Yeah, anything, but the distance, <laughs> just, dude, it was really so. Really funny. And the thing is, it was a serious moment. Yeah. And it was yeah, it broken by, and the thing is, oh, that's right. He's 15. This is how a 15 year old would act. They'd be like, none of this is serious. I'm a superhero. None of this is serious. I'm going to tell it's you something right now. So good. The villain in Shazam. Oh, dude. We're still staying in the, in the, uh, the newer DC movies. Yes. Best villain so far. Oh, easily. Easily the best easily. villain so far. Easily. And you know what was cool about that movie is that, uh, it's kind of disguised a little bit. Like it's um, it's like a it's like big. Think big. Think the movie big. Yeah. Think that type of attitude. It's not a big ripoff. There are some elements of big, and they even give a nod to it in the movie. But it, it's that kind of a tone, right? And then the villain, he does it in a way where it's just like it's like someone did something like a uh, sleight of hand in front of you or something like that. But uh-huh. what's going on? He does some seriously brutal shit. Oh, in no this movie. question. Like that, seriously, yeah. like, oh, damn, you went there. But it was done in a way where it didn't break the stride of the movie. Yes. By the way, breaking stride. I, I, I know you guys were screaming at me. I'm sorry. Last week, Matthew Wilder. So the, I just wanted to close that whole thing. Come on, my lead. Yep. <laughs> Nobody gonna hold me now. Oh, oh no. Yes. Got to keep yes. on moving. Okay. But yeah. So <laughs> we, we are dumb. You know that? <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know why you're saying we. I was just sitting there singing the song. You said, <laughs> but nobody knows what. Oh, yeah. I guess we all do. But still, that's what I we, say when he sings. We it. totally do. Anyone that's been to a grocery store knows that song. That song is great. And they it's know Jason fantastic. Mraz that you'd be hating on. So anyway, go ahead. Mm, well, that's another story. But, um, 
it didn't break the stride of the movie. Fantastic, like, dude. Because Fantastic. you have this very, I mean, it's pretty lighthearted movie, but there's some elements to the movie that you're just like, wow, they're weaving this in so nicely that everything is seamless. And uh, yeah, man, seriously. It's so I, good. I, 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 you know me, I see movies twi- two, three times. Yes. I think once all is said and done, it's top two for sure. Matter of fact, I'm calling it, it is top two for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and knock out Man of Steel. It's Wonder Woman and this one. That's what I'm going to go. Yeah, because now it's funny. While you, when you said Wonder Woman, I thought about Wonder Woman. I was like, oh, wait. That was, Wonder and Woman thing, was dope. That was dope. It was just, um, uh, what was Homeboy's name? Ares? Yeah, he was That he was, was terrible, dude. Mm-hmm. And but if you could have put no a villain terrible. of this caliber into oh, Wonder dude, Woman. It's game changer. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. No. I think of importance, Wonder Woman wins. But like as a movie, dude. And the thing is, here's the funny thing. Mark Strong played a villain that he was like, he was so like, oh, you're just a kid. Like, this is serious what I'm doing. I'm killing folks. And they still were able to, like you said, not break the stride of, no, but this kid doesn't realize how serious everything is. Mark Strong's like, oh, you don't get that I'm going to kill you. And the kid is like, yeah, I, I don't ever see myself dying. So, yeah, we're having fun. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to kill you, dude. But it never entered the kid's mind because he's a 15-year-old and death isn't a real thing to him. He's just like, hey, we're having fun. Yay. And it's not the case for Mark Strong. <laughs> he's like, I am so annoyed with this 15-year-old kid in this man's body <laughs> that I need to kill him. And it was... And the thing is, there's uh, even though like in the middle of the movie, let's just tell them in the middle of the movie, um, all of a sudden we lose the projection, <laughs> just and it, the lights go up for about ten minutes, and then it starts over, and then at the last scene, the sound goes out. The very last scene, very where something which, very important happens. Yeah, something something happens that's like, oh, I didn't see that coming, and but then, I don't know how significant it is because I didn't hear what they said. And here's the thing. I like, okay, like, I get the sound turned off. I think it made it more fun that the sound was off because no way would the crowd would have been like, oh, oh, like, they wouldn't have done that if the sound was on because we were just so frustrated that we couldn't see what was happening. And when I left, I was like, you know what? That made it a little bit more fun because we all shared in a moment. Like if that di- if the sound was on, people would have like laughed, but it wouldn't have been all of us going. The sound goes off. Oh, dude shows up. Oh, <laughs> like that is so funny, G. We were yeah. all like one person. I said, you know, I need to take the experience as it was. It was a great experience at the end. We all shared in that frustration, and it was kind of cool. It was perfect. I was like, wow, I didn't, I've never gotten to experience that in a theater. We're just like, until we'll talk about later, get out. We all gasped at certain points, like loud, audible gasps. Um, And, but in Shazam, it was just like this, oh, oh, it was so fun. But I did notice that they didn't show someone's face. So I still want to know. I think we should stop there. Yes. Because that's giving something away. Yes. They didn't show. So maybe. That makes me question later on. The yes. Future of, but dude, I think this, if you say any more, it's going to yeah, give it, it totally away, but I'm away. in total agreement with you. And then the, the stinger at the very end, dude, just, I mean, yeah, there was no, we'll be back for a, no, it was just a fun. If you were 15 and had superpowers, this is what you would do. 
It's fun. Uh, and there's two stingers, by the way, guys. So stick around. Yeah, stick around. People I don't left. think that's really revealing anything. Yeah, people were out. But uh, there are definitely two. And the first one that you and I were both a little confused on because neither one of us reached Shazam. Know, yeah. I don't know what the uh, crap that means. I can tell you this. My son is stoked about it. Did he explain So you were kind of like, yes. And you were like saying, we, we'll talk about it afterwards. But you were saying, uh, well, I wonder what the significance of this is. Like, is this more important than like, I'm sure this is more important. I forgot how you put it, but you said something like, I'm sure this is more important than we're getting. Yes. There's supposed to, you know, there's a reveal. We'll just say that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's apparently a pretty good, pretty big deal. And did, did your son dig it? He hasn't seen it. No. What happened was I went home and I recorded with Real Zodiac. Yeah. So it's late at night now. My son comes home from wherever he was. And he's like, how was the movie? Now, Gail is falling asleep on the couch. I'm going to throw her under the bus. <laughs> it wasn't a bad It wasn't a bad thing. But he's like, so, you know, were there stingers? I'm like, yes, there were stingers. And he's like, I hope that, I hope it's this. And he kind of describes it. And Dude. then and then Gail did that face that Chris Pratt does, you know, that. Like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, awesome. Now I'm excited. I'm like, dang it. But, but how, okay, well, then I'm going to have to talk to your son. He'll explain it to you very well. Because he explained it to you? Yes. And are you excited now? I'm excited for him. I don't know enough about it. <laughs> like, hey, no, 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 no. Cool. Like what I'm saying is I'm sure this means, a, like we said, it means a lot to certain people. But apparently this reveal is a very, um, uh, I don't want to say too much, dude. It, it's an important character. I'll just say that. Oh, dude, I, I really cannot wait, dude. I really legitimately cannot wait. So I, I will watch anything uh, that... I will watch anything at this point with Shazam's name on it from at this point because I am very, very excited for what uh, comes next. I'm just excited, dude. I think it's going to be great. I think they got the, they have the perfect, perfect uh, like tone of this movie. At the yes. end, when something happens and he's really not alone anymore, it was over for me. I got a little scared at that point. Really? I was thinking this can go very badly. And then it didn't. It went, in my opinion, wonderfully. Did. It went sensationally, yeah. And I have to say, just a couple of things, real quick, about the cast. Okay, Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays his his uh, foster brother Freddie. You've seen him on the commercial with the crutch. Yes. Star. This oh, kid totally. is a goddamn star. Totally. Also, Asher Angel, who plays young Billy Batson, is a goddamn star. This totally. kid. He's a handsome kid. Like I see him going places. You know what I mean? He's just got a look about him and he's, he was fantastic in this movie. And of course, well, I'll just move along. Mark Strong. We already said, I'm laying it down right now. Best villain in the DC universe this time around. Totally. Okay. Out of the movies. That's what I'm getting at. Calm your, calm your tits, everyone. I'm just saying that's how I feel. And then there was a surprise. Um, the wizard, which I won't say. That was a little surprising. I mean, it was a surprise. Here's the thing. Homeboy has such, he's never going to run out of work. No, but he's, um, he's crossing frontiers. He is crossing frontiers. Yeah. Yeah. He and then of course, me. yeah. But of course I don't want to leave anything out. So Zachary Levi, dude, that's your DC face right there. Ladies and gentlemen, dude, the I dude, think the dude. And the funny thing is even the way he talked like a 15 year old, how he was slurring mm -hmm. his words. It was like, like big. It was perfect, dude. It was perfect. I like, I like, he is like it's it's to the point where he is so charming that like remember when we saw pictures of him in the street 
filming it. And we were like, yes. uh-oh. Because the suit was a little scary at first. It's supposed to be. Turns out, yes. totally supposed to be. Because yep. they looked at the suit and were like, what the crap is this? <laughs> it is a monumental, a monumental step up from uh, Aquaman. Monumental. Yeah, if you think Aqua, if you come out of this movie thinking Aquaman's better, I'm not going we to insult anyone. I'm just not. saying, yes, we can't. We have, we clearly have different opinions on things. But this movie is what Aquaman should have been, but could never be. There's no, no way. I take it back. Yeah, Aquaman no. just failed. <laughs> not monetarily, grossed all kinds of money. I'm just saying, it failed me. It let me down. This one lifted me back up again, everybody. I'm happy. I'm looking forward. If they can do this and just keep it going, you now add, uh, I can always call him Shane Gunn because I knew a kid named Shane Gunn. You add James Gunn to the mix and he's going to go ahead and reboot Suicide Squad. If he can do what he did with Guardians, we're having a different conversation now. DC is going places, I think, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm just saying that they are, they are on a, they have done something where I'm like, okay, I have not counted them out. True, totally true. So, out of five, what are we going to call? I don't know what the scepter's called. I thought it was called the Rock of Eternity, but I don't think that's what it is. Um, what is that scepter called? I tried to look it up. They don't tell me. I'm drawing a blank. How about we just go with lightning bolts? I was going to say lightning bolts, too, but I thought that would be too Thorish. It's, it's okay. He'll forgive okay, me. Okay, here we go. So, out of five lightning bolts, Dan, what do you give Shazam? 4.5 lightning bolts out of five. Same with me. 4.5. It was fantastic. And this is me saying this, having not even heard what they said in the last freaking scene and having it stop in the middle. Yeah. That's how good this movie was. Now, it I'm was not going to say, good. and I won't say best in this part. Okay. And this is just yes. my opinion, Steve. I don't You can, you could disagree with oh, me totally, if you want. Totally, totally, totally. Perhaps. Hmm. Now I'm going all now I'm now I'm doing all of the DCs. Top two funnest. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. There's Without no a doubt. Because uh because Batman was not fun for me no. as a kid. It was not fun. It, it was, was a dark a movie. movie. It was a very I watched it in the last four months and I was like, how did they get away with me watching this? Nicholson made it really fun. His parts were fun. He did, but when his face got jacked, you're like, ugh. Like it's like, wow. I mean, it's brutal, dude. It's a yes. brutal movie. Mm-hmm. But um, so that is Shazam. Um, okay, this the heroes next- of noise, ladies and gentlemen, have yes. spoken. We you got to go spoken. see this movie. So this next one is going to be a bit of a. I have a long intro for it because I actually want to set up my thoughts. And this is regarding the dirt, ladies and gentlemen. It's a Netflix movie about the life and times of the crew of Motley. Um, I'm very, very picky about movie biopics. I, I'm, I, you know, being a musician, I'm like looking at how they play. Are they playing the right chords? Do they look like the people? I'm Googling the people originally. I'm looking at live performances, comparing it with this performance. Um, I don't know any of the, the songs. So all of this had it stacked against it before I give my opinion. That being said, I loved The Dirt. Yes. I'm so I happy, man. I thought it was so 
M- okay, MGK is a right star. Now, MGK is a star, dude. Hold up. Let's stop for a second. We need to address a certain person right now. I think. Who? Our dearest oh, friend, Melissa. Geez. We need to. We got to give her this one, man. Okay, Melissa, you're... Okay, here's what I say. Your man should be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Steve compliment. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, shit. That was good. Um, I agree 100%. Yes. I think uh, he... Okay, and then here's the thing. Here's what's so awesome about what MGK did. So I'm watching him drum as Tommy Lee. Yep. Afterwards, I watched Tommy Lee playing the drums. Yep. Tommy Lee doesn't play like most drummers do. Nope. He has marching band experience. Yes, and when he lifts the snare drum uh, stick, it's over his head. Mm-hmm. With a spin. In exactly the way that MGK does it. I said, oh my God. Dude, it's like Tommy Lee jumped into his head. Dude. <laughs> and, like, possessed him. I'm going to turn he, this down. Like, even the stuff where he's, like, walking down a hallway and he'll, like, bounce off a wall, like, being excited. And they show Tommy Lee. That's how he was. He was that guy. I said, MGK is a freaking star. I'm just going to say it. He murders the screen as Tommy Lee. It's so murders it. freaking good. And then, and then, Nikki Six. You're doing just fine, Hudson. I'm listening. You're doing fine. I said, what does Nikki Six really look like? I look it up. I'm like, close enough. And then I watch it as it goes. I'm like, that's Nikki Six. I don't even know Motley Crue. But I said, everything that this guy is doing is what I imagine this Nikki Six character would do. Because it's like, yeah, that's what would happen if you did that thing. And if that happened, this would do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I am buying into these characters all the way through. 100%. 120%. And my thing with Nikki Six was, I like that I didn't know anything about Motley Crue. Because I didn't know who started this, this, this thing. Everything was brand spanking. And I feel sorry for people who did know the story. Because I'm like, oh, you're not having as much fun as me. Because I'm learning all these things right now. I didn't know any of this. So when he's he's sitting there and he's just like, he has, you know, issues with his dad, which makes total sense. You know, you have mom issues, rather, multiple issues. And he's sitting there and being like, I want to, like, in the back of his head, he's doing all this stuff to impress a dad that he's never going to find. He's never going to impress his dad. He's just not going to, but he's always chasing that thing. So he's like, I need a new family. And he... He's a, he's a destruction zone of a musician. He knows how to write. He knows how to do all these things. But he also recognizes that I'm, because a lot of these people that start bands are like, and I'm going to be the singer too. He recognizes, no, no, no. I can't do that. We need someone that can do that. And then I thought that these folks grew up with each other. <laughs> In my brain, they went to high school together. Because it made sense. That's how normally, like, in my brain, brands work. I did not know 
that Tommy Lee having the gonads he had was like, that's a musician I like. Let me go speak to him. Come on, dog. Come on, G. And he carries his drumsticks everywhere. <laughs> Come on, dog. And then there's a part. I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but it's based on a true story. There's a part where Nikki Six. You see, like, uh, Tommy Lee is, like, twirling his thing. They're like, where'd you learn it? Tommy Lee didn't even come out with a good explanation. He's like, I was in drum corps. <laughs> <laughs> he does a spin, and it all of a sudden hypnotizes Nikki Six, And he starts smiling. And I'm like... He's all, he's all but I can still rock, though. Totally. And he looks at the spin, but he's like, wait a minute. That's a thing. The fact that Nikki realizes that's a thing? Come on. I didn't know he legally changed his name to Nikki Six. There's Damn. still so much you don't know, dude. That's the thing. Damn. Like, yes, sir. Damn. <laughs> I got stuff to say to you, but I don't want to stop you. This is such. Okay. And then we go into, and then we, uh, we go into Mick Mars. This. <laughs> alien. Uh, this alien human being. Is ex I love how they had it. Normally, here's what normal biopics would do. You get a guy who plays guitar, the guy who's eventually going to be replaced, and he can't play at all. They didn't do that here. The guy was really good. He just couldn't do what they wanted him to do. That's it. But the guy was legitimately a good guitar player. Oh, you're talking about the audition? Yes. Okay. The guy was perfectly fine. And I was like, oh, yeah. And if he sat down with the part enough, you could tell that he would get the part. It's just when an alien walks in and he gets it off the jump, it was almost like, oh, this world was meant for us three to be in together. It's not that that guy sucks. It's that the universe is putting us together. Right. Not his fault. The universe is putting us together. What are you going to do? What are you gonna do? And even still, Nikki Six has the 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 um, frame of mind of we still don't want to act like we each can sing because we can't. We still need another piece. And again, most people would want to be the front man of the band they create. They want to be the person. They want to be up front. Do you know what kind of foresight it takes as a young person to say I won't be the front man? You got to let your ego go. Gee, but that is, that's when, like, that's when the testosterone is going at that age. And for him to be like, no, we, we need someone else. And then to see this weirdo, it's the equivalent of like, um, it would be like today if uh, Insane Clown Posse was like, hey, let's go get George Michael <laughs> to lead our group. It's like, yeah, he's handsome and he can sing, but will he fit? And Nikki Six and Tommy Lee were like, yes, yes, he will. I think he, gee, that's insane. I wouldn't have picked him. I would have picked someone who had the eyelashes, the black suit, the this, all the things that already fit in our groove. But they let Vince Dale do him. They made him the focal point. Yes. You have three black haired guys that are standing yes. in the back holding down the rhythm and you have this flamboyant lead singer who can, I'm going to talk Motley Crue talk, who can fuck anything in sight. Yes. And can make women want to fuck him yes. by just being him on stage. It was, dude, those things, okay, 
Motley Crue to me was not the best band of the 80s, okay, when it comes to that style of music. Mm -hmm. But Motley Crue always stuck out to me, rather, because of all of their antics. Yes. Another thing is Vince Neil was probably my least favorite of Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. I liked him to a certain point, and then as the band kind of carried on, I think that his, well, without bringing it down too much, I think that his voice started to degrade and blah, blah, blah. But when they were doing their thing and they were at their peak, there was not a stronger band in the 80s. That was just fucking killing it. You know what I mean? And it doesn't yeah. even need, it doesn't even need to be like, oh, well, they had the best songs or they had the, the top selling albums. Motley Crue was doing Motley Crue That's and it. no one was doing it like Motley Crue from, I mean, just their 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 theater setup. You know what I mean? Their delivery, yep. costumes, attitude, debauchery, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Motley Crue was like your freaking benchmark for that shit back then. Dude. But then they could do shit like this. And I'm playing this for a reason. All right, we got enough of that. I did that for a reason. And the reason being is that when they looked the way they looked, you yes. didn't expect that to come out of them. No, you know what I mean? And no. Motley Crue, love them or hate them, are all fantastic musicians. Getting back to Vince, he was like my least favorite. But they were all fantastic musicians. All of their albums have some pretty good songs musically on them. Even the one that's just the self-titled that has John Karabi, where Vince Neil left for a while, and John Karabi came on. That is a really fucking good album, but I can't get past the fact that it's not Motley Crue, which is why I never really listened to it that much. But musically... It's fantastic. And what a band. It was here's the thing, man. Um it was tough because I knew that when you're in a band and you've been screwing a bunch of girls, that doesn't exclude maybe sometimes your girl. <laughs> and I was like, well, that makes sense. It's not out of the because you think, oh, we're all doing this. We all should be in on this. But when you start to grow up and actually have feelings for women, some of the other band members aren't there yet. They don't have feelings for them yet. So they're like, oh, we could just screw each other girl, right? Yeah. Until you're like, oh, wait, we probably shouldn't do that. It's, and it's, it's the recipe. It's the recipe of destruction. And it didn't destroy them. That's a heck of a thing. And I remember like, I, was, I, was, uh, I was listening to the music. And I was just watching the movie. And they did a song called Shot to the Devil. And it was going, and they were just like, the drummer was going, but then in between uh, vocal lines, he'd do this, but uh, uh, uh. I was like, oh, do they really do that? And I got online, and I was like, oh, that, I was like, that is so nifty. Mm-hmm. Hold on, play it real quick, yeah. Hold on, it's coming. Right here. Right here. That is so clean. And that's what made me be like, wait. 
And I got online immediately and said, wait a minute. And dude, that is so clean. Tommy That's Lee clean. is not, I would not call Tommy Lee the best, one of the best drummers, well, no. but he is so much fun to watch. He is, dude, that whole, hey, let me, because I, I remember the cage that, that was up in the sky. I remember that from way back in the day. That was like flying over the audience yes. and stuff. Yeah. And that's hard to play upside down, G. That's hard to do the upside down playing because you're fighting against gravity. Yeah. That's very difficult to do. And again, those little flourishes, every musician's going to be like, oh, that was nasty. Guaranteed. They'll be like, oh, that, that little that little break. Because I guarantee that was probably just an empty break. And he was like, wait, why don't we do this thing? And it was really cool. And again, it was the vision. If I am to believe this movie, it was the magic of Nikki Six and the charisma of Tommy Lee that put this group together. Everyone loved him. When he met him, they just loved Tommy Lee. Nikki Six didn't have to talk to anybody. When people saw Tommy Lee, they'd be like, hey, Tommy. Be like, hey, you should join her. Yeah, come on. People liked him. Nikki Six just didn't have that. He was just like a, a brilliance behind the moment, right? Yeah, he's the man behind the magic. Yes, but Tommy was just the guy that's like, when you met him, you liked him. And you're like, sure, I'll go meet you wherever this place is. Now, what I loved is, when they were going through band names, I thought it was, it made me think, I won't say who came up with it because I know some of y'all haven't watched it, but the person who came up with it, it was almost as if they had this, it was like Heroes of Noise. They had it in their back pocket and they pulled it out for this time. He even said, I've been waiting for this moment for a yes! long time. And I'm like, oh, he had it in his back pocket, but he was looking as, do I want to burn it on this? And he knew it was time to burn it on this. And knowing that he was like seven, like seven years doesn't seem like a lot of age between people, but the difference between 21 and 28 is a lot. And when you're dealing with 21 year olds when you're 28, it could get frustrating because no one's as serious as you are. No one's going to be taking this as seriously as you are. So the fact that Mars still dealt with them says a lot. <laughs> like when you're 35 and they're still 28, like that's light years difference. You're not into that. You saw how when they were doing their debauchery, a lot of times he was like, dude, 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 can we just, dude, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like it got ridiculous. Like the Ozzy Osbourne scene was insane. And that was really happened, by like, the way. And he was looking, you saw him being like, ever so often, I'm sure he looked around like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? I did not see my life turning into this, but it worked. And I didn't know, I'm not going to ruin it, but there's a person that is someone's one that got away. And when I look back, I'm like, that totally makes sense. She was dope. Everyone. I remember watching certain shows with her on it. I was like, man, she is a fox. And I was like, whatever happened to them? And it turns out he just screwed it up because he now was in Motley know. Crew. He was in Motley Crew. What? Okay. When I watched them, I was like, well, what? The life they were leading. Oh, dude. Ah. Shoot, I got to say it. All right, here's the thing, dude. This is big uh, for me. Some people talk a good game and they don't live that game. Motley Crue sung a game that they lived. It was not a front. Like it was the reason they could talk about girls, girls, girls is because they lived it the night before. This was a real thing when there's a part where they said, let me take you through a day with Tommy Lee. That's such a great part. 
And I said, I, and the thing is, most, most biopics, I'm not buying it. That biopic, I'm like, that looks about right if what they're saying is real. This looks about right. And like knowing that that's the life they chose makes, to- at 21, who, it's like, no doesn't make sense. If you're going to show up and show me this, yes, then yes, yes to that. Yes, yes. Like they lived the life. And I mean, there wasn't really much like, oh, um, the only person that really got a lot of the consequences was Vince Neil. He got like all the consequences of all this and everyone else didn't have that. And I'm like, it sucks that Vince Neil did. But again, all of them had a great, wonderful run. And the thing is, they can now, being that they retired, I guess, in 2015, they, if someone was like, um, if someone was like, hey, did you leave it all on the floor? They can say, we left it all on the floor. Was well, there anything you wish you would have done? Be like, no. Because if, even if I said, I wish I would have done something, a manager from our past would be like, oh, you did that. You don't remember because I'm the one that cleaned it up. But it did happen. And you got that out of your system. And I'm like, how else? This is a story for me. And I think it just was way deeper than it should have been. But this is a story of, have you left it all on the stage? Like, you can say what you want about Motley Crue. But they could at least tell you, hey, we lived, dude. We did it all the way. All the way to the wall. All the way. There's no reason for these guys to be alive. Exactly. But if they would have died mid-stride, they would be on the other side being like, but boy, did I go out with a blaze, right? No regrets. I did it all (laughs) on the table. Like me, I'd be like, I'm living the clean life. I'm living this way and I die at 90. They'd be like, yeah. But in our 20-year run, 30-year run, look at this. Dude, they lived, bruh. Now, I'm not saying you should do everything they did, but what I will say is if you get through life having done 2 to 3% of how they did, just having fun, have a weekend where you just act a fool. All you married people, turn off your ears. Where you just act a fool. Being safe, but act a fool sometimes. When you're 90, you're not going to look back and be like, dang, that freaking weekend. No, you're going to look back and be like, ha remember that weekend in Tahoe? Why did I say Tahoe? Remember that weekend in <laughs> Remember that weekend in um Redlands? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you'll be able to look inside <laughs> jokes are the best. Like or you remember Vegas? You remember that? Yeah. People. I think what you're trying to say is trash the hotel room. One day. What are you going to do? Just once. And also live, dude. This is a movie that is going to stick with me more than it should. It really is. It's going to stick with me more than it should because They found a family. That's the most important part of the story. They they didn't just do balls to the wall. They did balls to the wall with their brothers. So that they have, I guarantee that you could literally, I bet you Tommy Lee could call Vince and be like, hey, remember the hotel in Denmark? And they both wouldn't have to say anything else. (laughs) They'd be like, oh my God. Yes, that was awesome. All right, bye. That's it. Because we're like, yeah, that's, I remember that's awesome. That is how you live. These people are going to be able to tell their sons, don't do this thing. Why? Because I did it and this is what happens. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, how do I know you did it? Oh, you, I can tell you what happens when you do that thing. 
because I did it all. You know what I'm saying? And it was such a, for me, it was deeper than it should have been because it's like these guys lived balls to the wall. And I think everyone should at least at some point in your life, do it, do balls to the wall all the way. You never know what could happen. Mind you, these guys weren't, they were playing for no one at first, nobody at first. And their name just got around and they did it. They didn't go on American Idol. They literally had to do these hole in the wall clubs, the troubadour, then the whiskey. And next thing you know, they have a name. And then they did that whole club scene for a while, dude. Looking up their Wikipedia, it wasn't like overnight success. They did it for a minute, G. And then slowly they started blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, blowing up and exploded. But they did the groundwork, G. Oh, they yeah. didn't just they got- wake up learning their guitar. They did the they wrote songs, perfected those songs, and then toured those songs to people that didn't know the song. That's insane. Today, that is insane. There was no YouTube. They didn't know the songs when people when people walk went to see Motley Crue. They didn't know their written songs. They learned them because they were there every night performing. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Their their ascent is crazy, and it's just a love for being in front of people. And they're like, "We're gonna have pyrotechnics." They couldn't they couldn't afford pyrotechnics yet, but they're just like, "But one day, we're gonna have a show that is fire. This explosions, smoke." And they did it. G. They never lost sight of what Motley Crue was. It was just, dude. As you see, I dug the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I was letting you go because I don't normally hear you go off about these. Well, rock docs, you totally do. But, Dude, it's just my um, thing. Not- no, I've got I've got strong feelings about this go movie. It. Um, it's very close to me because I did read the book. Uh, it is called The Dirt. It's written by Motley Crue with Neil Strauss. And there is so much in this book, guys. It's 450 pages long. Jesus. And if you liked the movie, you're going to fucking love the book because it goes way more detail than, than the movie could because you just can't fit that amount of craziness and that yeah. big of a story into yeah. an hour and 48 minutes. You can't do it, you know? Yeah. So I've been wanting this movie to come out for a long time. I think they've been throwing the idea around for close to a decade. It was originally going to be on the big screen, which if I had my way, I would have rather seen it that way because I think it would have had a bigger budget. Not that it suffers from it, but if, as I've been saying all week, if you gave this movie the Bohemian Rhapsody treatment and allow them to tell that story, maybe make the movie two and a half to three hours long, you wouldn't be bored. It's an amazing no. story. It is a freaking roller coaster ride. And um, I just, I was so happy to finally see it come out, man. I was like chomping at the bit. As soon as I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, it's on now. And I was a little bit worried because honestly, uh, as I did not expect Machine Gun Kelly to do what he did in this movie. Uh, and I don't know how to say his name. I should, but I'm talking about Ewan Rayon, I think it is, the guy from uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Ramsey Bolton. Yes. He does a fantastic job. Showing the least side of yeah yes, but that's how Mick is. Mick's all Mick Mars has always been a very quiet guy, and I don't know that side of him because he never really exposed it. If you looked at old, like I had some videos back in the day when they came out with Theater of Pain, where it was just kind of showing some of the recording stuff and a lot of the touring and just all the craziness that they get into. It's very much the same way. Mick's just kind of quiet. He says a few things. I love the take that they did on him, where he was very cynical. And he was like bored with it, but he was so focused in his goal that he was going to write it all the way out. He said it, like I said, he's been waiting a long time for this and he did, he put everything into it. 
another side that they showed of him, and they only touched on it just a little bit, was his diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis, which if you guys aren't familiar with that, is a spinal disease where it your, your vertebrae essentially just fuse up. If you were looking at an x-ray, it almost looks like a bamboo shoot. That's how hard and petrified it gets. And he's got it very bad now. So they sort of showed you a little bit of that. More so than anyone else, they showed the struggle with Nikki Six and his heroin problem. But it goes into way more detail than that. They didn't really explain that the song Kickstart My Heart comes from his dying and then bringing him back. Credit to the uh, paramedic that brought him back, by the way. Because, you know, he, he should be sending He's him like, flowers Nikki every Six freaking is day. not going to be dying today. Yeah, not in my truck. Honestly, the one that I thought was kind of the weakest was Daniel Weber, who plays Vince Neil. And I was talking to you about this the other day, Steve. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was his acting or if it was just <laughs> his. <laughs> I'm being a little nicer. His appearance. I don't know what it was. There was something about him that made me like him the least. I guess you have to go in some kind of an order. But in comparison to the rest of the band, um, I thought he was a little bit on the weak side. And they did take some artistic license with the movie for reasons I imagine to kind of condense the story. And because there's just certain things, like in most situations, and they, they've done it in every movie that's like this, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. So you have to sort of fill in the blanks with, you know, your <laughs> take your liberty as a writer and, and fill in the blanks. So there was a couple of things that I thought were a little on the heavy side, which was his daughter, Vince Neil's daughter, Skylar. I could have done. With. Oh, dude. There's I, a couple of lines in the movie. And I'm and again, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and not say them just because it's still kind of a new movie. It hasn't even been out a week yet, even though I've watched it five times, Steve. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but um, I just love the movie. I love the story of Motley Crue. But uh, there is a line that Skyler says to Vince. And it was like one of those, please, daddy, don't kind of things. That's all I'm going to say. And no, it's not. And it's um, not anything bad. It's just no. a bad situation. I could have done without that line. I thought that was, was a little brutal. on the tacky side. No, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was a little on the yeah, tacky side. Yeah, I was in. I, you already know, G. Those, those get me. I mean, yeah. they could, it's tacky and it just worked. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's for people like myself. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it was. And I'm not, it, it doesn't take anything away from the movie. It was just like, ooh, okay. We're going there. I didn't and think they were going to do that, though. I was like, oh, so. Yeah, well, you didn't know the story. Money. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, so when does she get, oh, dude. Nope. I said no, and then the graying of her. Oh, jeez. Yes, dude. I'm like, what movie am I watching? But it made it real. Yeah, it made no, it, it made it very real. Real. And when he was in the bar, I, dude, I almost lost it when they all started hugging. I was done. I was done. <laughs> that was a very good scene. No, getting back to me saying talking that Daniel Weber was kind of the weakest one in my opinion. I thought that he did really well there. It convinced me. <laughs> you know? Holy crap. And then the way that they end it, where they're all walking oh, to the dude. stage, it's like, okay, yes. you guys know what you're very doing. Very so Bohemian Rhapsody-ish. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. actually very good. But yes. uh, my hat goes off to the filmmakers that made this movie oh, and that were able to take a smaller budget and do what they did with it. If they had a budget like Bohemian Rhapsody, this might be one of my favorite movies of all time because it is one of my favorite stories of all time. By the way, the director, Jeff Tremaine. From Johnny Knoxville fame. He directed all Johnny Knoxville movies. <laughs> all the Jackass movies? Yes. Oh, yeah. Jackass 3D, Bad Grandpa. Okay, he's friends with Johnny. Hey, someone had to do it, right? I mean, if anyone's going to do it, I would think this guy knows the story. And he knows crazy. Yeah, and they're not going to give this movie $100 million. No, but they're, they should have. But they, I don't think that they had a reason to because there were no. Uh, I think Netflix is like, we want that money. 
We want that Skrilla because they're going to push Oscar season. They're going to push it. They will, dude. Because remember, they're they're going for Oscar bait. And I think... I think one of them can get supporting. Yes. One do of you them, think... That, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. On that note, do you think this movie's Oscar worthy? Um... I'm totally, I'm totally biased. You shouldn't ask me that. If it's a good music biopic, I'm like, <laughs> put it in Oscar. Like, if it wins an Oscar, great. It's just, when I say that it's going to be best movie, dude, there are some monsters coming, dude. And that's going to yeah. be like, am I going to, it's always going to be wonderful for me, uh, uh, the dirt, but am I going to remember it at the end of this year? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that this particular version of the movie does deserve an Oscar, but it is a fantastic, fantastic. movie. Super fun. You have to sort of just go with it and put your PC blinders on and realize totally. that this was the fucking 80s and that these groupy women wanted to be there. You have to understand that because there's some shit that goes on. It's, it's not very, it's, it's kind of glossed over actually in this movie in comparison to the book, but these women wanted to be there. And it was like a badge of honor. You know, you go back to, what was that movie that, uh, was it Cameron Crowe? Um, oh, Almost Famous. Thank you. Uh -huh. It goes back to that. It's it's just it's just something that's always been there. You know what I mean? And, yes. and, and uh, But anyway, to go back to it, I don't think this movie is going to be an Oscar-worthy film, but I'm going to say something that's pretty bold right now. Oh, sniff. Because I'm saying what I think you were saying and don't want to admit. Yeah. I think Machine Gun Kelly could totally be in the running for supporting actor. I'm not saying he's gonna win. I'm just saying I think they should give him a nod well, from like, what I've seen so far. For sure. And the thing is, it's funny. It's it's the equivalent of like me. Like, say I I I um for like this whole time I've been juggling. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I find out I'm a piano prodigy. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just try piano prodigying from here on. That's machine gun Kelly. By the way, Steve is taking a literal page from his life. Yes. No, no question. You asshole. <laughs> because, you know, he just happens to be an awesome juggler and a uh, prodigy. Come on. And wow. So what happened was Machine Gun Kelly, all this time, he thought he was a rapper. Turns out he was an actor. Yes. Great. He should totally be acting instead of the thing he does less well. Let me tell you one thing, though. This makes up so hard for Captive State. Because that was the most, uh, we barely talked about it last week, but uh, he was so generic in this movie. He was in Captive State? Yes. Oh, He's just, he, he, he should just be generic white friend to the black guy. That's what they should have called him in this movie. They wrote him like they wrote the black guy in Monster Project. Come on, son. What are you kind doing? Of. You die, yeah, no, turkey. But the white version of that doing a black guy kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And um, it was really bad. This makes up for it. I can't tell you how much I like Machine Gun Kelly in this role. And I'm going to say another thing. You can argue me, okay? And I'll probably just go, yeah, whatever. That's your opinion. I think that Machine Gun Kelly does for Tommy Lee. You ready for this? Dan, don't do it. What do Rami does oh, for Freddie Mercury. Out of your mind. How? Okay, number one. Tommy Lee doesn't have an accent. Oh, come on. Number two, he doesn't have prosthetics. Number three, his stage presence is nowhere near what, what uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury was an impossible feat. Because of, remember, he was one of the greatest performers of all time. And Rami, who doesn't play music 
or sing until he learned to do it for Freddie had to embody the greatest performer of all time. But that's all opinion based. No, but most what you people, just said was opinion based. Okay, but everyone will say who's a better performer, Freddie Mercury or Tommy Lee. They'll be like, well, Freddie Mercury, because it he's just out depends, front, man. Because you just said the magic words right there. You said stage presence. You've never seen Motley Crue in concert. Okay. Do you think? Do you think Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee has as much stage presence as Freddie Mercury. Does he have a Live Aid performance? Yes. That's, I'm saying, does he have a Live Aid performance? Oh no, that, sorry. I'm thinking Us Festival. I apologize. Yeah, the equivalent to Freddie Mercury's performance. No, but I'm not comparing the Live Aid performance. I'm saying but we have to. In order no. to say Rami Malley <laughs> duplicated it. That's crazy. That Machine Gun Kelly became Tommy Lee. From the way he blew smoke rings and snorted them, to the way he walked, totally. to the way he smiled, to the way he was like, dude, I mean, that's Tommy Lee. I understand it's, that, it's, but I would, I'd say Tommy Lee. But the thing is, remember, Machine Gun kept his normal voice. That's how he talks. He just yeah, did... But, that's a so right off the bat, we can't even put it in the same vicinity of Freddie Mercury. See, I know this was gonna be anytime you bring up Rami Malik. Oh, you know <laughs> what? Freddie Let's Mercury, go to Jamie Foxx. Let's debate. go Jamie Foxx Ray Charles. Yeah. When you change the way you talk and speak and everything, walk, play the whole nine, then I'm like, okay, you did that. But like they Machine got Kelly some, did. He didn't. He talks like that. He changed the words he used. But he didn't change himself. He learned to play like Tommy Lee. That's no easy feat. I'm not, again, I said, Tommy Lee is not the greatest drummer, but he is the most, one of the most flamboyant and showy drummers. Here's what I will say. He emulated say. that. If I, if they said, which Steve Hudson, never having acted before, <laughs> can you learn how to play like Tommy Lee or can you do the Live Aid performance? I'd be like, I, Tommy Lee is going to be, probably closer than what I could do to Freddie Mercury. I couldn't do that. That is because it's more than just him walking and doing. There's a thing Freddie does that I still don't understand that Rami did. Well, can you do the Ray Charles? No, I can't. Even though I play piano, I could play piano like Ray Charles, but the singing and the talking, I couldn't do. I just can't do it. I feel you, dude. And I don't think that we're ever going to come to like a, it's not an argument. It's not really a debate. It's no, just I get what you, but the thing is, I, here's the thing. I just realized something. What you're What's saying that? is, what you're saying is what, what he did was he became Tommy Lee. He became Tommy Lee. That's exactly yeah, what I was In the same way, not good or better, or whatever. In the same way as some of the great biopics, that person tries to embody that other person. I'm not I talking crazy talk. I'm just saying from what I've seen so far, I would if they gave him a nod, I'd be like, okay, oh, no question. I no get question. it. But yeah, I'm no, also no saying question. this too. I don't like Tommy Lee as much as you like Freddie Mercury. So I think some of this comes from the heart. You know what I mean? Um, I, I've, I've always liked, uh, yes, but I've always did, oddly enough. I don't know how this happened, but I only knew about Tommy Lee. I didn't really know Vince Neil, but I always have point. known he's Tommy big. Lee. <laughs> That's kind he, of no, cool. If you go the down the history of Tommy Lee, because he is big. Oh, yeah, I remember, but, um, I remember, yeah. yeah. I, but I know that he used to, like, hang with Snoop for some random reason. Um, he, like, had a circle. Yes, and as he got older, like, once the band started kind of taking longer breaks and things like that, he started doing DJ stuff and 
that's where he he had a band called Methods of Mayhem, and he tried to like you know mesh hip hop with rock and stuff like that. It was during that phase of like the late nineties. But um, I never really cared for it. And quite honestly, when I saw Motley Crue the last couple of times, it, he was a bit much because everything's just about like, a, can I get a hell yeah? And just when he did a drum solo, it wasn't a drum solo. He was literally he was in the roller coaster thing and spinning around whatever tour you saw. But he just played along to other people's music. There was no drum solo. It was just him literally playing along with other people's music and going, yeah, you know, and amping the crowd up. And she was like, a hype of man. course, of course. Yeah. But a huge presence. Always. But the thing is, no Tommy Lee, no Travis Barker. I wonder if he has some kind of training with the band, too, because he's kind of showy, too. There's no question that Tommy Lee changed the way rock drummers. Or maybe, um, you know what? Who was first, Def Leppard or him? Oh, no, he didn't change anything. <laughs> There's two yeah. different things. I just think that I know what you're saying, but I can tell you as a kid without shame, who sat in his room and air guitared and air drummed and sang and just made a fool of myself to Motley Crue songs back in the day. There was no, uh, there were better drummers, but there was no one flashier. I wanted to be Tommy Lee so fucking bad when I was a kid, dude. Just that, all that, you know, and in between the the second beat, you've got your arm flipping around your head and spinning a drumstick. I learned to spin a drumstick because of Tommy Lee. I learned, um, some people will know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you get this or not, but there was this thing he did in concert and I think he did it on the smoking in the boys room video. Yes. Smoking in the boys room. He hits the snare drumstick flies up into the air, a good 15 feet and catches it on the beat and plays along. It's one of the dopest things I've ever seen Tommy Lee do. The dude's kind of a hero of mine, man, even though I, I like him more than I like his music. You know, he wasn't always the nicest guy. He did some fucked up things, but I don't know. They're they're just this larger than life band, they're and huge, I can't tell yeah. you how much joy it brought me to see the dirt finally come to the screen. Even though it wasn't the version I was expecting, I was t- completely happy with it. Okay, out of five drumsticks, drum twirls, drumsticks. That sounds better. Out of five drumsticks, what do you give this movie? As the movie, I'm gonna give it pentagram, Steve. And uh, let's see. Well, see, don't know what I'm talking about. See, it's a Motley Crue thing. The uh, fucking um, cover of Shout at the Devil has a pentagram on it. Yeah, but also when I think pentagram, I think werewolves. So, <laughs> well, then I'm really going to give it a pentagram. Thank now. you. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. For pure enjoyment, I'm going to give this one four out of five pentagrams. Yes, I give it four out of five for sure. I liked it a lot, dude. I was like, this is a great. After I watched, I'm like, I'm glad I watched that. This one is in it's in this regular rotation. I swear to you, I've literally watched it five times. That is so fun. You you're 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 a, re- a rewatcher though. I don't appreciate their music as much as you appreciate the music of Queen, but I just appreciate the book so much. Totally Guys, I'm telling you, the book is a six out of five. It is so good. Guys, pick this book up right now. I'm telling you, I think you get for like 13 bucks if you have like a on Apple, I believe, in the iTunes store. You can get it for like 15 bucks. It's just a fantastic book. You're not going to be reading War and Peace. This is just a story among stories and you got to check it out. And also the way that it's written is the way that they did it in the movie too. So it'll be like Nikki six talking for a while. And then you know how like uh Tommy Lee's like, is it finally time to talk about me, dude? So, you know, that kind of thing. They do that in the book and it just works really well. I'm going to borrow it from you. Yes, you should. Can't wait. And just read, you'll read the shit out of it. It's so good. And because look, I read Kevin Smith, what 500 and something page diary book. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Boy, I'll read that. 
Yeah. And Kevin Smith's a fun read. And I he's think you so, obviously know this, yes, just, that this is a different type of a read, but it's like, it's like that. Just, you know, go, go, yeah. go, go, go the entire time. So good. Couldn't uh, put it down. That is awesome. So yes, check out the dirt. This next one is ill for me because I, I don't want to say anything because there are some people that don't even know the premise of this movie. Oh, dude. You're too young to remember this song, Dan, but this was a hit. I love how you say that every week, and I got so many years on you. So many I remember now. this song. This is about the cheapest guy that ever wanted to smoke weed ever. Oh, and there's a big there's a big uh, article on how that dude that sings it didn't get a dime. Who was it? Remind, I, remind I me, was it name. Loonies or something like oh, that? Oh, no, the guy that, the people that rap is the Loonies, the dude that sung it, it he was just a guest singer. And he's like, I came oh, up oh, with gotcha. the, he's like, I just, I came up with the chorus and they never gave me anything. They're like, yeah, not a dime. Next question. Cause he didn't have his paperwork right. And now it's in the truth. It makes it, it drives him crazy. I bet it does. Cause you think it's done, but then it comes back. And now it's a, another hit on iTunes again. Oh, now that's the scary one though. But it's so dope. Dude. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know if you don't know already, we're about to talk about. Ah, oh, we're gonna. No, we're about to talk about this movie. I can't really talk about it though. Sure, we can. Cause I not only that, but I have fifteen minutes. Fifteen? I thought you. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that goes quick. All right, all right, Rockstar, let's turn this down for right. a second. Dude. Steve's in demand these days. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the movie Us. Let's do it. We're not going to give spoilers away because a lot of people have not seen it, even though, gee, $70 million opening. I may have to give something away. I got questions. Okay. We really shouldn't have talked about the dirt. <laughs> we should have just gone to this one because there's a lot I have to say about this movie. I will say this. It's probably going to be my favorite movie of the year. Really? Easily. Yes. That's super, super early to call that, man. Yeah. Unless another one comes around, it's right now it's beating everything by head and shoulders, dude. But right now, dude, we've seen some monsters so far. I've changed my mind on a couple of them, but yes, you're right. <laughs> you're like, this is so Jordan Peele is a gene. Yes. Lupita Nyong'o in this movie. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going first. Oh my God, dude. Dude. I had to remind myself that, oh, they're two, they're the same person. Here's my early prediction, Steve. Well, you, I, that's what people are saying. It's, it's gotta be. Cause she acts against herself. Dude. How, how did she do that? Gene? Acts against herself and the character created, the character oh, of Red, dude. that's all I'll say. Dude. Is. Dude. There's certain things. It's the way she looks. Yes. It's the way that she moves her body. It's the way she sounds. And then a little bit later, you find out why she sounds Dude. that way. And then when you got the director, Jordan Peele said one time he approached her in that look. He oh. said, it freaked me out. It freaked me out. Like when she starts walking to you with those big eyes, you're like, yep, that's going to work. Yes. Dude, her <laughs> eyes are Whoa. piercing. When piercing. She, when she did that little thing with the side of her face with her fingers, you're like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, it was like, for me, here's the funniest part. Like there, this was a legitimately funny movie. There were funny parts yes. in this movie. So you find out, yes, 
he is still from Key and Pill. He still has that thing where like we all, and the funny thing, when the brother did that whole, we can get crazy. I'm like, we've all done that. I've done that. Where you got to get loud. So you put the bass in your voice and you kind of be like, <laughs> hey, but it didn't work. <laughs> Do you notice they used a different version from the trailer? Totally. Totally. It's a little bit different, but I like that one better because he did like what you're saying. He brought, he made his he voice go so much bigger. Yeah, we could get crazy. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, and you know, he doesn't talk like that. And there's little things he puts in. Like for instance, when uh dude said, Winston Duke says, um, have you called the police? Yeah, they'll be here in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. That means wherever they're from, the police don't take that long. They're from a nice side of town. He said, 15 minutes, that's insane. Whereas all of us are like, 15 minutes, she, good luck. This movie drops so many little seeds that are going to grow later on in your brain. If I watched it again, I would say, how didn't I get the ending? I'm going tonight. I'm so sick of you, Dan. <laughs> I've got to. There's shit I need to know. I need Damn to figure it, out. Dude. And I'm so I wishing we started it. I want to apologize to you guys because, and maybe we'll come back to it. I know we've Let's said come, that You know what? Let's come back to, uh, here's the thing. Should we do a non-spoilery and then come back to it? Yes, we should come. We should have an us dead at you. All right, people, we just decided to take a little break for a second yes, to figure something out. Because I ran my mouth about the dirt, which I'm not going to regret. No, no, I think it deserved that because it was so good. But us, we're going to do a quick one and a quick uh, spoiler free review. And then we're going to come back to it on Saturday uh, because Dan's a G and he's willing to sacrifice some of his um, love and time with his wife for me. Can we do it tomorrow? We could do it tomorrow for an hour. Let's do an hour tomorrow. Let's do yeah, an hour tomorrow. We could do that. We could do All like right, one to two. Yeah. There um, it is. Behind the scenes stuff, guys. So the when you have, remember, the audience, we were sitting there in the audience. There was a thing that happens that elicited a gasp throughout the audience when I was there. It was Give like, me a hint. <gasps> When people realized that someone was someone, everyone gasped. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were like, <gasps> so that showed. And the thing is, Jordan Peele, he wasn't trying to hide it. He's such a good filmmaker. I heard one dude said he knew it from Jump. The film was so good that he forgot it to the <laughs> end. <laughs> He's like, he was like, oh, that's right. I forgot about it. Because he... He weaves this tale that makes the Santa Cruz boardwalk so creepy. He weaves this weird tale. And it turns out what they did was to make it seem like people were at the boardwalk, they put dummies on the rides and then made those dummies move uh, using CGI. I said, freaking, he, they didn't have to do that. I wasn't looking to see if the crowd was moving, but Jordan Pill was like, no, 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 no. We have to make them move on those. those and I could be wrong, boards. but I think that they retroed out the boardwalk too a little bit because it does. What does it take place in 86? Yeah, they retro. Did they retro it out or did they retro how they were uh, were dressed? 
I've been to the boardwalk several times. I didn't really remember the layout that well, but I just thought maybe just for the sake of time, because, you know, it has changed a little bit. Maybe they retroed it out a little bit. I know they did put like that mirror plate thing isn't there. No, that doesn't exist. I think they, they should, should make it, it there. They should have. I'm not going in it though. Here's what I guarantee you. People would be lined up to go into that place. Shame on them. Cause I ain't, but they would line up to go into something like that. Now I would, I would be there quicker than a werewolf house for sure. No question. The fact that I went into the werewolf thing at um, Hollywood Horror Nights, that means I would go into the mirror thing for sure. No question. But it would still be spooky. It would be <sighs> very, very spooky. Us. Universal Studios Hollywood Horror Nights. Dan. <laughs> Dan. Now, you know what I found out, though? Even though Blum was a tr- uh, uh, producer on this, the budget was $20 million. But Blumhouse. I thought he only did five. I don't know. It doesn't feel like five. At all. But Blumhouse was there last yeah, year. Yeah, he gave 20. Oh, my he God. might do it, dude. And I think, I think, I think Jordan Pill is becoming Blumhouse's star. You think? He's making them all kinds of money. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, I think it goes without saying, Steve. Like, from, from Get Out to this, and he said he's only doing two more movies, and he's done. There's an interview on Empire, the Empire Magazine. It's a podcast, you guys, and I'm sorry I don't have the name of it handy. I didn't know they still did. Empire he does. Magazine. Yes, I have it. Um, he, he does an hour and a half interview with them from what I understand. Or you know what? The podcast, I should say the episode is an hour and a half. I'm not exactly sure how long the interview is, but it just came out and he does give his thoughts on some things that we might have questions about. So those things that left you scratching your head when you walked out of the theater, apparently he's going to go over some of them, but obviously he's not going to show all of his cards. What I did learn no. though, is that, he has like a whole narrative, a whole mythology that goes with sure this. Does. He has a universe. Yes. But he, I don't think, why touch it again? Leave it alone. Leave it alone. But everyone's saying they would go watch another one of these to find out what happens. For some reason, I feel like I would be underwhelmed because I'm expecting something else. But what I would like to see is the universe where it's all connected and maybe at the la- the you know, the final movie. You start seeing some reveals, nothing too major, but things sort of like in the vein of uh, Shyamalan, how he did, you know, years later. Oh, shit. Look at Bruce Willis and split that kind of a thing. Yes, I would love uh, like for I think, first of all, let me first give him props with Winston Duke, Lupita and Jordan for them to do the rollout at um, Howard University. That's so important. That's a huge deal. And seeing how excited the kids were, seeing themselves on screen, it was, they were going crazy and they did a Q&A afterwards. I was like, this is beautiful. Then they did one at USC. They're just doing these things where like, they want to inspire filmmakers. L- look at how you can make a horror movie. And it doesn't have to be, oh, it has to be Halloween. Oh, it ha- no, it could be a mythical universe you're making these in. Like, I thought that th- like this angle he took on this, only Jordan Peele could have taken this angle. That's it. Only Jordan Peele could have been like, there, oh, I can't even say it. We're going to say it next time. But the angle he took on it, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Because they're showing, there's a part at the end where they're showing split screens of certain people doing something and other people doing something. These people doing something and other people. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> All of us in the theater were like, 
oh my God. Because if I'm doing something, not to, for people who, who've seen it, or you're going to know what I'm talking about. If I'm walking through my house, it makes sense. But if I'm having to follow the same steps in a small room, I go crazy. This is really hard to talk about oh, without giving dude. stuff away. Guys, I promise Ooh. we are going to give you an us special. It's probably only going to be about an hour long, but we're going to do a bonus episode this week for sure. Because I yeah. have to talk about this movie with you, dude. And this is not, this isn't cutting it for me. It is so, I mean, here's the thing. It's <laughs> Jordan Peele's eye is so weird. It's so strange. Like how he's able to weave comedy into a horror movie without making it less horrific. There's one particular scene where there's some shit going down and Winston Duke's character is offering them things like you can have my wallet. You can, you can have this, you can have that. <laughs> totally you know, tricking out. And tricking the scene's out, like super dude. intense. And uh, it's the, what, getting back to what you're saying, he says, you can have my boat. And she's like, no one wants that boat, dad. And you don't, it doesn't, you don't miss That's a beat so though. Funny. It still stays intense, but you're like, ah, you're laughing at the same time. It was so well done. It's yeah. And the, even the kids killing people and then in the car, giving each other a fist yeah, bump. Like we yeah. did that. Like we're handling this business. I love that they didn't make the kids dumb and useless. Yeah. They're like, oh, They're no, no, no. snarky. What we're not going to do is die yep. today. Gee, it was so wonderful where it's just like, you know how normally the kids mess up until they have to act later. No, no, no. They said, no, this is serious. We're killing off jump. We need to start killing people right now. Otherwise, we don't make it out. I said, wow, this is incredible. This is incredible because it's, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker, they did such a wonderful job. Because I remember Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric. And I thought it was a weird, and it makes sense that he, that, that uh, Jordan Peele would get him. And he did such a great job. Elizabeth Moss, just, I have a thing for her. Yeah, though. you've said that before. She's, you don't see it, do you? No, but it doesn't mean that I think you're wrong. Or weird for thinking it. Yeah, okay. I feel. Now, mind you, I can't even talk about Lupita. I can't. I always have had a... Th I can't even do the She Lupita is... She just is freaking a knockout. I just No, but she's badass in this movie. She's bad. I'm talking about just this oh, movie dude. alone. She's badass. She's yeah. beautiful. Like, crazy beautiful in this movie. And scary as hell at the same time. When Red started talking, the crowd were like... <gasps> That voice freaked everybody mm -hmm. out in the theater. I don't like it. And the thing is, here's the scary part. From a, from my point of view, seeing myself more manly than me would mess me up. I can't beat this better version of me. That's scary. He is a better version of me. As far as yeah, strength, strength I'd say. and meanness and fighting. He is what I would be if I was a caveman. <laughs> Like, there is no fighting him. I just have to outsmart him. That's it. That's all I can do. And Lupita was dealing with someone who's a better version, technically, and smart. But the reason for it is mind-blowing. <laughs> exactly! Exactly! It made everything change in my brain later. Like, I had to re-go through everything. I'm just like, how didn't I... How didn't I get... I should have. And he, Jordan feels like I didn't try to hide it. There was no twist. 
Nothing. It's just this thing. But we're going to talk about it tomorrow. I got to get out of here. We will be back for sure. People, I'm going to be coming back to you tomorrow. Different bat time. Same bat channel. I love you. And the next voice you're going to hear is this awesome Daniel Ramirez. Danathan. Danathan the Manathan. At your service, ladies and gentlemen, but ready to split. I'm so glad that you said that we're going to talk about this one, dude, because we can't just gloss over this movie. We can't do it. We, we owe it to ourselves and these people to give them something. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'll see you guys in just a few hours, maybe. Who knows? Depends on when you listen to this. Maybe a couple of days. I don't know, but I'll see you soon. We're going to talk about this. Steve and I have a lot to say about us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. My name is Dan Ramirez. That's Steve Hudson. We're the Heroes of Noise. Peace.